0: Hi, and welcome Welcome to the the Abiding Together podcast. Podcast. Welcome Welcome to another week. week. I hope you grab grab a cup cup of coffee and join us Uh, in our our time together. together. I am Sister Miriam James, and And I am joined as as always my two beloved sisters in Christ, Christ, Heather Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. Benzinger. Ladies, how are you
1: today? How's it going? It's going good. Yeah, really good. Heather, how are you?
2: Oh, I am so good. I'm sitting here with a big cup of coffee and just ready to... Yeah, have a good little chat with you, too. I missed you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's always nice to be together. And so this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about waiting, the waiting. And as the philosopher Tom Petty sings, the waiting is the hardest part. And I think many times in life, waiting can be very challenging. So just right off the start, if we could just talk about waiting. So, Heather, what is one thing that you're waiting for right now?
2: You know, I'm on the brink of my 40th birthday. It's oh, in God. a few
0: weeks. And, you know, sometimes waiting
2: can be really, like, fun and you're anticipating. And sometimes waiting can be a little bit grueling because I'm not actually totally looking forward to this birthday for some reason. I don't know why. I need to get my head around it a little bit. But... I find myself kind of like pulling my gray hairs out, you know, I'm like, I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to, you know, so yeah, that's something I'm waiting for right now. And hopefully between now and then I get my head in the game and embrace it for, for all that, all the goodness that's going to be there too. How about you, Michelle? What are you waiting for?
1: Um, well I always I feel, feel like I'm perpetually waiting, waiting for the, for the Amazon, Amazon Prime Man to deliver whatever this, I've ordered from Amazon, from whether it be a book or, or toothpaste or, or, you know, name that tune um of whatever, whatever is on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. You could, you but Amazon, that's impressive, I have to say. Hey, six kids, baby, you buy in bulk. And so that is what you do. Um, yeah, I think they basically, yeah, toothpaste and toilet paper. Not that you really need to know that, but Amazon Prime is the way to go. Um, but also, uh, I just ordered a new painting for our house. It is um, from an artist called Deanna Arts and she's out of Nashville, and it's of this angel. And I've been basically, like, admiring it for almost a year and it no, went on we'll sale, sale this week, and um, I, got I got it as, as a gift, gift, so I can't, can't wait for it to come. come.
0: Yeah, so, so well, in we'll our talk about, about waiting uh, today, we're going to actually refer to psalm twenty seven. So at this at the end of psalm twenty seven verses thirteen and fourteen, it says this, "I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord." And I was thinking of just the word wait and I'm just looking at the dictionary of just I love to really learn what words actually mean and just the different meanings that words can take on. And there's many aspects to waiting. There is, you know, inactivity. There is repose, literally just sitting and waiting, like in a waiting room in a doctor's office. But there's also different aspects of waiting about waiting with expectation to be available or to be ready or to look forward to eagerly. Uh, one of them I loved it said to be in readiness for and to be reserved for, to reserve for a purpose. And so I was wondering just today in our discussion, we could talk about just the different aspects of waiting, especially how they're linked to believing in the goodness of the Lord. That, that's why we're here. That's why we do what we do, because um, God created us, and, and we believe that he is good. So what do you think, Heather, just kind of as you ponder the Psalms and those verses, what stirs in your heart in the area of waiting and also God's goodness? Well, you know,
2: what's funny that Psalm 27, there was a season in my life over the course of a few years when I was in my twenties. Oh, so long ago in my twenties. <laughs> um, when when um, I, people just kept giving me that scripture, like I go to confession or something and then the priest would be like, okay. And for your penance, I want you to pray over Psalm 27. And it got to the point where I could almost say, okay, you're going to give me t- Psalm 27, right? Like it was just so over and over and over again. And there was a lot of things that God was calling me to wait. And I think it's similar for all of us. There's always waiting involved. Um, but I love in this psalm the hope that's there, like the I believe that I will see. And I think sometimes our waiting, if it's void of hope, if it's void of anticipation of goodness, no matter what it is, um, that it becomes really difficult and become it, it can become more of a suffering you know then mm-hmm. the the um anticipating like i love that part in the liturgy where it says we wait in joyful hope for the coming of our savior that's always really stuck out to me because i'm like you know my my waiting doesn't always look like joyful hope <laughs> you know my waiting can sometimes involve a lot of complaining you know little tantrums sometimes and and i can be a brat you know as i as i wait um but i think as i've grown that's something that's shifting in me where i'm recognizing that that God is in the waiting. And there's this beautiful song that we've been listening to in our house a lot in this last month um, by Christine DeMarco called Take Courage. And she's one of the Bethel singers. And in there it just says, you know, take courage, my heart, be steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, often I've missed that. I've missed that God is actually in the waiting. He's not just at the end of the waiting. And even though I might be waiting, he's always coming. Like he's not the one who's waiting. He's always coming. And and to me that shift uh, has really changed the hope aspect in my own heart as I wait, you know, for various things in my life. Um, I, love that. I love that you
0: said that God isn't waiting. I mean you know in a sense like he's already there. Like he's already that's I love that. Yeah. Michelle what do you think what stirs in your heart as you hear that
1: well I love this psalm I think for me this is a really big psalm when we were bringing up we have two adopted children from Haiti and when we were bringing them home from Haiti and the whole adoption process but also after we brought them home and just the whole restoring um, the restoration process with them You know, and I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, meaning now, like on earth here in the land of the living, not when we're in heaven, like now at this day. Like, and that was a scripture God gave to me, like, you will see these children restored, you know, in the land of the living. And just holding on to that promise, you know, that, um, and be confident in that promise that um, he who has promised this is faithful, you know, and just leaning into that faithfulness. And, um, yeah, you know, and, and there's that, that book a long time ago, The Five Love Languages, you know, like Quality Time, um, you know, Acts of Service. I don't know if any of y'all have read it, but the book is called Five Love Languages. But I really feel like God has a bajillion love languages and one of his love languages is waiting. You know, like, I really think that <laughs> love language is waiting. You know? Mm-hmm. you know, I do because I think he... It makes it makes us, us wait the ones that you know, yeah, he, he loves all of us, but he really makes us wait the ones, the relationship ones in relationship with us so, so we, we lean into him, you know, know? And, and lean, lean into, into who he is and who we are in him. But, um, and I, I think, think he loves to tell like you know, how my kids, kids I always, always tell, tell my kids, kids well, just well, just wait and see or hold on one minute. I think like we get that from God the Father because it just hold on, wait and see, just hold on, you know, um, so because you know, his plan is greater than ours, and so, um, I don't actually, actually find, find this to be one of his, his most, most endearing love languages that I It's so, <laughs> so true. true. I yeah. like really. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, yeah,
2: you know. It's interesting, but, yeah. Michelle, because I remember so clearly, like, that time of waiting for you when you were waiting for the kids to be able to come home. And, you know, outside when we say something like, you know, yeah, there was waiting and whatever, it sounds like it wasn't hard. But, man, it was hard. Like, I remember you calling me and being like, I was just in Haiti and I had to, To leave because they're not able to come home. And there was a part of the waiting that was so messy, you know, and painful. Mm. Um, but then when they came, it was that much sweeter. You know, there's something about that
1: exchange. It is. And people ask me, um, you know, I've had four biological t- children and two adopted children. And I always tell people adoption pregnancy is so much harder than biological pregnancy because and what I mean by this, is not that you really want to compare, but. The biological pregnancy, you know, in nine months that baby has to come out. Like, you know, biologically, he has this child has to come out. In adoption, there is no ending. You know, a lot of us don't have end dates or saying when these children are coming home or when they will be in our arms, you know. Um, and so it's this unending, you know, definition of time a lot of times. So, yeah, but, you know, when you do get them in your arms and that weight has come and, um, You know, it is so sweet, so, so sweet. Mm -hmm. I love that you talk about the messiness of waiting
0: because I think that you can, in a situation like all of us in our life, avoid. And and then you, and you can, can have all those dimensions. dimensions I think sometimes, sometimes in the span of even an hour, like you're waiting for, for something, something and there's it's stirring up all this stuff. And sometimes it's really pretty, and, and, you, can can wait, and, like, and you, you can wait. Like Lord, I believe in you. And then you just fall into other despair times, and you're like, like shouting at God, God saying, "Hurry up!" You know. And I just life I think is like that. And I I think it'd be interesting also. I'd love to hear what you both think as you as you both have children, have you know biological children and physical children, your physical mothers to to watch watch children wait as well like Like how you impart that to them you know know? and and what 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 does to your heart to see them waiting i know you know different kids at different times of year year have a hard time waiting for certain things things. and so So i just just love to to hear also Also, if you have have any thoughts about that you know imparting waiting to your kids yeah it's hilarious around
2: christmas time you know for kids (laughs) like of course i was like this too it reminds me of my own childhood i was the kid that would snoop around you know when the parents would leave because seemingly when we were kids, like where were our parents? Like that's what, <laughs> like, where were they? Anyway, it gave me lots of time to snoop around the closet and peek uh-huh. out all the gifts, you know, that were, that were coming. I just couldn't, I couldn't wait, you know, for it. And I see that in my own children that there's so much joy, like as their eyes light up, the anticipation is almost too much to bear for them. And they want to cut it short. They're like, no, it has to happen. I just can't wait, you know? And they have a hard time sleeping like it just is so um, it's so exciting in some ways. And I, was, I remember one year I was talking with my youngest daughter, Eva, and she was saying, I just want Christmas to be here now. I want all the gifts under the tree because the tree was set up, you know, and all that. But it just wasn't Christmas time yet. And I said, but the waiting makes it fun. You know, it makes it that much more special when the gifts come because you have all this mm-hmm. anticipation for that morning, you know. But sometimes it's hard, like with the kids having to wait. Like I, I remember there was yeah, a season where um my son Judah, he was really suffering with some breathing issues. Like he had um uh like he would get croup and he would have a hard time in the middle of the night and often we'd have to take him to the hospital. And um there was one time that he woke up suddenly in the middle of the night and he just couldn't breathe and So I decided to try to rush him there because I thought it would take too long for the ambulance to come. And I got about halfway down the road, and I realized I couldn't get him there fast enough. And so we pulled over to the side of the road, and I called the ambulance. And we live up on a mountain, you know, and so I was just waiting on the side of the road, and it was a cool um, winter evening, and I took him. He was probably three years old, so I took him out of his car seat, and I just sat with him in the front seat and rolled down the window and the cool air was coming in and he was just barely breathing, you know, and as a parent, you have to be the calm one, right? Like (laughs) you have to be the one that's like, it's going to be okay. And even though you don't know, but you just have to be the voice of like comfort at that time. Um, but he was having to wait, like basically to be saved, you know, and I'm sitting there watching him wait, you know, we're both waiting. And I remember, um, in the distance because we were up on this hill hearing the sirens and I knew that they were for him. And Mm. I just said, Judah I said, do you hear that? And he just like slowly would nod as he's just like basically breathing through a straw. That's what it sounded like. And I said, those sirens are for you, buddy. They're coming. You know, they're, they're coming to save you. That's what came out of my mouth. Like they're coming to save you. And gosh, I'll tell you when those, um, trucks like was like the fire truck and an ambulance rounded the corner with their lights just blazing like there was yeah for both of us like even judah who was in serious distress like a little like almost smile came across his face like it was just there was so much um relief like in seeing them be there uh and yeah they took care of him right away and he was okay um but as I prayed through that after, I felt like God was really speaking to me in that too. Like saying like, I'm, I'm coming for you too. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes the sirens are like the church, you know, in seasons of Advent or Lent, like the sirens are going off, letting us know, speaking that, that he's coming to save us. And, uh, so yeah, that was a moment where it was hard to watch my son have to wait because it really was a life or death situation. Um, but again, God was in the waiting as we waited there. He was in the waiting for sure.
0: Mm. I love, I love that story. It makes me cry every single time I hear that, you know, obviously just knowing your family, but how poignant that is. And I mean, I think all of us are, are, are waiting for a rescue. Aren't we in some way or another? Aren't we all of us in our hearts somewhere in our heart, we're just aching to be rescued where we feel like we're breathing through a straw sometimes in our lives. And yeah. And maybe it's those secrets that we haven't told anybody or whatever, but we're just like, part of us is like, I know myself, I'm just, part of me just is utterly aching all of me, but there's really parts of me that I feel poignantly where I'm like, just waiting for a savior. I'm like, Lord, I cannot save myself. I, You've got to come. It's like, you don't show up here. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to make it. You know, it's, but I, you know, so. Michelle, what about you? What comes to your heart?
1: Well I, well, I would love, love to say, um, like, like, when I look, look at my, my kids, kids waiting, waiting I, I can see, see certain children that take after my attributes, attributes and certain children that take after my husband's attributes. attributes. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I think, like, in every marriage, there's a saint and a saint maker. And I've definitely called the saint maker in our marriage. Like, my husband is just a heck of a lot virtuous, more virtuous than I am. And anyone that knows us well will totally attest to that. So, like who you are when you're waiting or when you're patient. I am not patient. Like instant gratification even takes too long for me. It sometimes feels like, and, um, but I'm not patient. I want things immediate and I like to move quickly and I am quickly and I don't like processes. You know, I think what I've learned probably more over and over over in the last couple years is God is a God of a process. You know, he's not an instant gratification God. He wants us thoroughly healed, or he wants us fully to know him even deeper, And you know. um, And I want it just a quick fix, and he wants a deep, deep healing, you know, or a deep, deep answer to what our longing and our hearts are, you know. And there's a quote that I love that Louis Giglio says a lot, and it says, who you become while you are waiting is as important as what you are waiting for, you know. Oh, my and, God, that's a good, good one. <laughs> it is. And I think, like, who am I when I'm waiting? Who you become while you're waiting? I'm thinking, wow, I have a lot to learn, you know, about that, you know. And um, and like I was saying before, I think, you know, waiting is God's love language. I think whatever you're waiting for, whether it's, you know, an event or a date or a healing or a desire or a longing, I think, I think the process, process that, that God leads you through is, is to know him, come to know him, to know him know in a different, different way, you know, know? in a deeper in a way, in a different way than you've known him before. You know, is, it's um, as that as being that like his love language, love language, it's a way to draw us closer into him, him and be more intimate with him in a way we have haven't before, you know, discovering who he is and who we are in that process. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. That's been one of the major things that God has been teaching me as I've been in a very long season of waiting, like several years, it seems like there's been an aspect of waiting that's been the most prevalent, is that the journey is equally as important as the end, you know? And sometimes it's like, I just am like, you know, sort of white knuckling it through the journey part, Mm -hmm. just waiting till the end. And I don't, I just sort of like block everything out. And I'm not really um, receiving, like what else is happening in the waiting. There's this another beautiful song by one of the Bethel people um, called Shepherd. Heather, do you like Bethel? I'm sorry, <laughs> I know it's just coming out right now. Yes, I do. I feel I like it. they're my people. I feel like they're my people, really, because they they like pray through some of the deepest seasons of my life with me. I'm like, I love these people. <laughs> anyway, but they sing this song called Shepherd, and at the beginning it says, "In the process, in the waiting." You're making uh-huh. melodies over me. And I love that because I'm like, there's something so beautiful in the journey and in the process that I think for many years I, I missed that. I missed what was happening there. And, and God has been stripping away enough things for me to be open to the gifts that are in the process, because you're right, Michelle, he's about relationship. It's not about the fairy godmother. all bippity boppity boo your, you know, pain away or whatever it is. Like he wants to draw near to us in the waiting. And, um, and I think just a good example of that is our lady, you know, as he's growing in her womb while she waits, you know, that, that similarly, like his presence grows and he's close, like that close to us in the waiting.
0: Yes, and I think I love that. So often we're about something that we want, and God's really after something so much deeper, you know, the the restoration, which is really ultimately what we truly want. And I think also of how the nations waited for thousands of years for Christ. You know, I just think after the fall. the generations of waiting and all that had to happen for, for Israel and the nations and the people. And then God in the fullness. I love that in the fullness of time, you know, God sent his son born of a woman from Galatians. Like you just think of the fullness of time, like one day it wasn't the fullness of time. And the next day it is like, I just are the, the, the generations of fullness of time. Like, I just, that I find that just that one phrase fascinating. And I don't know about you guys, but I know in my own life, I've had different areas where God has asked me to, to wait or I knew it's time, time to wait, wait, but I grasped instead. And, and I, can I can honestly say that I've never, I've never been not as since proud of that, but I've never, never said, well, that was, was a good idea to grasp at that. You know what I'm saying? Versus
1: <laughs> the waiting.
0: And it's, you know, it's those funny things where I think, you know, no, I know better. No, I want this now and I want, I'm going to make it happen now. And, you know, control and manipulation versus the, the act of reposing, the act of reset, Activity, which, which as women, we're so gifted, gifted at is this, this act of beautiful receptivity, receptivity versus grasping. grasping. And, so and so I think that's, that's such a different, different posture to wave in um, versus just, the, uh, gra- yeah, you know, trying to, to take, take something for what I want time and time I want it right now, which usually never, never, ever ends well. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but it never ends well for me. I can have yeah. personal, personal testament to test
2: that. Yeah, <laughs> sister, I'm curious because, you know, like just being in different vocations, like for uh, for Michelle and I, we have an engagement time you know, with our, mm-hmm. with our fiancés or whatever that we get to choose, right? Like we get to choose how long the engagement time is ultimately, but for you, you know, your your engagement time, you don't get to choose like all of these things. Like you, like you said, you know, there's a part where you're not in control. Like what, what was that like as you were even waiting for kind of the fulfillment of your vocation?
0: Uh, I I think that that it really really does lead you on a path path of trust and openness and I mean, you know, the church has the church has standards that you wait, each religious community has standards that you wait that can be prolonged. It's interesting, they can't really be seated up but they can be prolonged, which I find fascinating to think of. And you know, for some people they say it's not time yet. I need I need another year, I need something different. And and the church in your community respects and honors that. But yeah, it's interesting how you have certain things set out before you and it's um, the openness of the heart to receive that or not and uh, you know, so much, so much of your, your life is just like your life, life but in a different, different way is surrendered, you know, uh, to, you know, maybe you have, have a day where you had a plan and then and when your, your children get sick and your whole plan, plan is different, it's okay, okay that's, that's not happening. happening. And, you, you know, know, I might I have a plan where I'd plan like to do this, this. And then, you know, so somebody, somebody comes along, my spirit comes along and says, I need you to do something else. And so, you know, so it's like that. I love that you both spoke of the process of that. Okay, like what is God's, because God is always speaking into our lives. And I'm just so aware of that lately of how God is speaking into my life every day. So like, what is he saying? You know it what is he, he saying, saying in that, that? and it's so yeah, exactly. it's a matter of we're going to wait with openness and receptivity, or you know, kind of choose a different path. So yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> wait, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So well,
0: but at the end of our podcast, we usually talk about our one thing. So we've been talking about waiting this podcast, but uh, what is it? What is the one thing that is just rocking your world lately right now? What is the one thing that you could just like? Oh, I'm all about this from. The banal to the uh to the uh, deep. So, to so you, Michelle, what's your one thing, girl? You got something?
1: I think for me, what is um, rocking my world besides that right now is um, just trying to be still, you know. And um, gratitude, I think, is rocking my world. Realizing and being like actively being grateful for things and calling that out loud. And, and, um, noticing noticing around me, just Just really really noticing my life and and noticing all the things that, um, to be be thankful thankful for and grateful for. for. Yeah.
2: You know, it's laying down. (laughs) That's what I feel. This is rocking my world. That is weakness, like Mm -hmm. embracing weakness and just laying down and surrender. I'm finding a lot of peace there. Then that is a big deal for me because I don't lay down easily, you know? Um, but this is a season that I'm in and I'm strangely finding a lot of comfort there and just Mm. the the laying down and being weak and being okay with that. And, um, you know, we say, yeah, and in our weakness, you are strong. You know, I've said that my whole life, but I'm like, for the first time, I feel like I'm living that, uh, differently, deeper and it is rocking my world because it's the complete opposite of how I've lived my life, you know, and I'm finding man pressures off when I'm just laying down. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's it. How about you sister?
0: Oh, I you know what? I have to say, I am a. This is going to sound really superficial, and it is. But I'm a scented candle snob. I love scented candles, and but I only like certain kinds, you know. And so I'm all about right now. Maybe just the time of year scented candles, and so I love. I love a good vanilla buttercream, pumpkin spice, cinnamon. I love those kinds of scent to candles. So I just kind of like, I love to light a candle, get a cup of coffee. And it's just, I don't know, just it's so soothing to me. I've always loved candles. There's something about the light and the darkness and just this, the calming, the, you know, like the constant emission of a light and also a soothing scent. Uh, but I, I, I really can relate to both of you. I love gratitude is something also. Um, and also the the goodness of God, that God is so good. Like he's always about our good that he, that for me right Right now is is just to proclaim proclaim that that over my my life and and to proclaim proclaim that just out loud is so important for me right now is that God God. is good. He is good. He's a good father and he's about goodness. He loves us. And, uh, I think that's such such a, a, something we tell little kids 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 during CCD class class, during Sunday school, but it's such a a profound reality that I think to myself, if I really live that my life would be radically different. So I think that's part of the waiting for me is the the transformation to choose goodness, which is a daily choice. It's a receptivity of grace, but it's a daily choice. So those are my, (laughs) those are my one thing. But thank you for joining us for our Abiding Together podcast. We hope we don't make you wait too painfully for the next podcast, but we've enjoyed you being with here with us today. So God bless you and have a great week.